0: Welcome to Fantasy Life Podcast. I'm your host, Ian Harditz. It is, indeed, a great day to be great, and it's an especially great day to do some mock drafts, especially when I get to do so with a true friend of mine, one of the best guys in the business, Fantasy Life's finest, Chris Allen. What's going on, Chris?
1: Hey, man. We only got a couple days before we're all going to be kicking in Canton, so I'm glad to sit down and talk ball with you again this week. But uh, let's do some mock drafts, man, because I know it's redraft season. Everybody wants to figure out who the best players are to draft, so let's... Give the people what they want, let's draft some players, see how our teams differentiate and take it from there.
0: And we are actually live, by the way, Chris, I had this funny tick, you know, when I first started hosting podcasts where I would say stuff was live, even though I'd be like alone in my room and I knew it was going to be, you know, published <laughs> the next that. day, but we are hopeful to be going live with each and every podcast here from here on out. So if you guys happen to be joining us now, let us know questions in the chat. I got it pulled up and, you know, always down to talk and converse with our loyal listeners. And if not, make sure you guys tune in for our future. Once again, Fancy Life live YouTube channel. Great day to be great over there. Well, Chris, we did this a few weeks ago where we were kind of teaming up, you know, drafting from these different draft slots. And yeah, I do pay attention to what the comments are saying over there on YouTube and had a couple of you suggest that we draft different teams because we are different people, Chris. And even though we do agree plenty, certainly not all the time. So that's our goal today. First draft we're going to be doing, Chris is going out of the 103 spot. I'm going to be at the 109. Next draft we're going to be at the turns and then one of the other drafts we're going to be picking from more so the middle. So again, trying to give you guys, you know, some live reps using Sleeper just to see what you can kind of expect throughout the draft normal 12 team half ppr setup one qb and you know go from there so without further ado chris let's get this started just a reminder on sleeper you know it actually is a fantastic platform to do mock jazz because you're not just going to see the you know top guy in the queue every single time be drafted by the computer so appreciate our fine friends over at sleeper cmc justin jefferson first two off the board chris picking the 103
1: what are you thinking I mean, it's too easy for me to at that point. I was thinking I would have to take Christian McCaffrey, but Jamar Chase (laughs) being there, I mean, high target share. I'm not as concerned about the Joe Burrow calf injury, at least right now I'm not as concerned about it. So yeah, Jamar Chase, easy pick.
0: Dude, I got Jamar Chase at the 105 yesterday, and a BBM serious? on Underdog. I was doing a, with my dude Tage Seth. Could yeah. not believe it. I haven't even seen that, let alone get a chance to actually draft Chase at the 105. But yeah, yeah Chris gets his Bengal, and a guy that is usually going at the 102. Good stuff there. I am now sitting at the 108, and this really is a situation where I just missed out on Tyree Kill, Cooper Cup went at the 106. I would prefer those guys, and honestly, if Travis Kelsey was sitting here, I'd be taking a long look at him as well already have McCaffrey Eckler and Saquon off the board so I'm not gonna blame anyone if they wanted to go B. John Robinson right here Chris but I'm hopeful I can maybe get him or more likely Nick Chubb at the round two turn so I'm going. And take a guy that is still the consensus wide receiver five. We kind of leave him off of that, you know, top four tier. And I don't really know why sometimes <laughs> Stephon Diggs come on down to town. Do you think there deserves to be a tier break after, you know, cup and Tyreek Chris? Because I do understand Diggs is getting a little bit up there in age, but end of the day, man, we're still talking about Josh Allen's number one wide receiver. Sure seems likely we're gonna see Diggs keep on doing Diggs things Diggs things in twenty twenty three.
1: Yeah, I think that's where you kind of break it off, because if you look at the offenses that you would want to bucket, I mean, Justin Jefferson might be in a, like his own tier like by himself, just given not just the target share, the, the offense that he's a part of and all that, and then you go Chase, Cup, Hill, and Diggs if you want to put them in their own bucket after that all solid offenses, all high target shares. I mean, when I say solid offenses, I mean, these are offenses that are gonna be at the very minimum top 10 in password over expectation. So, and I think Diggs falls into that bucket. But then when you fall into, when you talk about the next guys, I mean, it's CeeDee Lamb, Cowboys are going to be average in pass rate of expectation. A.J. Yeah. Brown, we know the Eagles going to be. So it's like those guys are all going to be high target share getters, the wide receiver ones on their team. But if you look at their offenses, they are going to be a step below the other offenses, offenses we just talked about just from a pass rate of expectation standpoint.
0: I am now back on the clock in round two, best wide receivers available. Garrett Wilson, Jalen Waddle, Chris Olave, T Higgins. I'm not against Garrett Wilson here, Chris. I'm not worried about that low ankle sprain he suffered, but at this point, man, I can get Nick Chubb in the early stages of round two. I'm going to have a really hard time passing on him. So I'm taking Nick Chubb. I think if Tony Pollard was the best running back available, I would still be down for that. The one interesting point that, you know, you're pretty much going to be testing on right now, Chris, that, you know, I was talking to Dwayne about in our last podcast. What are your thoughts here? Now you're picking here at the 210 spot. We we don't have Pollard. We don't have Chubb. You know, the running backs available. Like, yes, could Brees Hall work out? Ramondre, Etienne, Najee. Sure, I recognize there's a path to success, but we do have our, you know, our respective red flags there at wide receiver with Waddle, Alave, Higgins. More so upside wide receiver twos and clear cut wide receiver ones. Do you consider just locking in the elite upside QB1 quarterback here or is it too early for you?
1: Still early for me. I prefer looking towards the back end of that QB1 tier. So if we're looking at, for me, the QB1 tier starts at like the Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts and slides all the way down to about like Trevor Lawrence. So like QB7-ish, like somewhere in there. That's where I'd consider those guys where I just locked and loaded week one, like week one starters or every week starters rather. I don't have to worry about switching them out or consider streaming afterwards. And while I don't mind if I can get Jalen Hurts or Patrick Mahomes, if I can like edge towards the back end of that tier and get like Justin Herbert, who I'm really high on, I'm really high on the Chargers offense this season, I would rather like grab one of those guys considering I can get them, I mean, you know, at least two rounds later as compared to Patrick Mahomes or or Jalen Hurts. Now looking at this pick right now, Man, typically I want to come out of the first like four to six rounds with at least like two, two to three solid wide receivers, uh, a couple of solid running backs, and with the way running backs have gone so far, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do that. But seeing Jalen Waddle here, Chris Olave, I mean, yeah, I'm not going to pair him up with T. Higgins. I don't like stacking like in redraft leagues at least as yeah. much as possible, especially two wide receivers. Uh, I'm going to go Jalen Waddle here. I'm going to see what happens like afterwards. I'm going to roll the dice. Uh, and see what I can see what I can come up with like afterwards like on the wrap, and I mean taking again a wide receiver that we know is I'm not going to earn as many targets as Tyreek Hill, but still on the top end in terms of passer of expectation being the Miami Dolphins. So flipping back around to me here. By the
0: way, after Chris made that pick, Mark Andrews, Ramondre Stevenson, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts off the board. So, hey, these, uh you know, MPC, Team 1, Team 2, auto-draft through a computer Here is we're listening to something that I was, uh, you know, saying there with that mini yeah. quarterback run, Chris. By the way, with Waddle, we did hear in practice today that it sounds like his rib or something might have gotten banged up. Again, it is August 9th, more than enough time to get healthy, but make sure you keep an eye on that. As always, difference between someone being effectively injured and being injury-prone, please, injury gods, don't take Jalen model from us. So Chris, again, back on the clock here, early parts of round three. What are we thinking?
1: Uh, I mean, looking at the running backs right here, I mean, Brees Hall, Najee Harris, ETN Gibbs, I'm seeing a couple of guys I can potentially get, uh, once it comes back to me in the fourth round. I'm wondering if I can. I wonder if I can tap wide receiver just one more time. Okay. Seeing Chris Olave here is a bit too much for me to pass up. I know, I know it might look a little no. heavy, like uh, really hammering the wide receiver uh, uh, position early. But if I can now just switch my focus and balance things out with running backs, like on the, when it comes back to me in the fourth, I might be able to come out with a solid squad
0: can't stress enough how much like paying attention to your specific league settings are because you know i'm in a draft right now chris with a bunch of other fancy football people in the industry apex experts league and that one is two rbs three wide receivers no flex and like a tight end and quarterback so wide receivers fly off the board because you need to start three every week and you physically can only start um two running backs at least that's the way i remember it maybe i need to take my own advice and you know double check those uh roster and scoring settings but hey man like i'm not going to shout out any names or anything anything I would never do that but you know I was literally in a draft last year where I asked you know a very well respected person in our profession like why did you take Jonathan Taylor 101 in a super flex draft expecting a good answer and he said I didn't know we were in a super flex draft so it happens to the best of us and everything just you know again (laughs) especially if it's a a new league with people just really double check those scoring and roster settings because it can make that big of a difference here I am now in round three I have looked at Lamar Jackson here before but man just the way things have been going with You know, having a lot of exposure now to guys like Josh Allen, even Jalen Hurts in round three, who are just ahead of Lamar for me. I am going to pass a little bit more on the QB here for her main reason being, Chris. I do think DK Metcalf here is in a tier above the rest of these wide receivers. Honestly, Metcalf and Calvin Ridley for me, I have those guys in a tier above Debo, Keenan, Amari Cooper types. So between Metcalf and Ridley, I think it's really close. I'm going to go ahead and take Metcalf here because. With the way the ADP works, man, I think think I'll have a better chance of getting Ridley to return to me. And that ended up being the case. See how that works out, man. You can go get your guys, but you can also play the ADP game just a little bit here. So that really is, uh, you know, I'm writing up my draft strategy article. Right now, Chris, and one of my points I try to make is just in the early stages of drafts, it's similar to the NFL draft where, yeah, we can be a lot more reasonably optimistic about, you know, where guys are going to generally be going in the first, you know, 30 or 50 picks. After that, if you want to start going, you know, off the board a little bit, and I would say probably more so after the first hundred, 120 picks in fantasy land, that's when you can start getting cute and getting your guys and not paying as much attention to ADP. But again, all I'm trying to do with this ADP is give myself an opportunity to get the guy I want around later versus a round earlier, because that's just gonna help you build the better roster. So after I made that pick, we do see guys like Kenneth Walker, Aaron Jones going off the board, Justin Herbert as well. Round four, Chris. Don't normally see that, but team four. Yeah. Yeah. Team Team Four heard you talking, man. So they're not going they, to let they, Herbert they fall to you. Me.
1: I did think uh, this this AI is a little bit tougher than what I thought it was going to be. That's okay. <laughs> that's all right because I know we wanted to look at the running back position anyway. As of right now, so uh, like seeing Alexander Madison there not not too shabby in terms of being able to rack up like a few touches here. Uh, and I want to try and see if there's a way for me to pick up a second running back afterwards. Let's see what we got. Like Miles Sanders getting, being taken at the at the four five turn. J.K. Dobbins also going as well. Uh, I mean, now that I see like a couple of guys uh, that have dropped at this point, like I was looking at Kenneth Walker. Aaron Jones would have been a solid choice afterwards. But if I can go ahead and. I'm not really hating on taking on grabbing Damian Pierce here okay. uh, at least from a from a touch standpoint so racking up like two solid like running backs that I can rely on on a week to week basis the hope being a guy like uh, CJ. Stroud can at least make the offense be a bit more efficient, like in the like in twenty twenty three and maybe like Damien Pierce being a bit more explosive, like as we saw last season, can uh, can get me some decent production. So two solid running backs to go with my top tier wide receivers, not a bad start.
0: about to say man we are not playing an underdog anymore where these running backs are usually being pushed at least a round further and i think that's honestly a pretty good rep because you know when i do shout out some of these adps i hear a lot of people and understandably so like i see the same thing you're in your home leagues maybe you're with guys that aren't quite as obsessed in fantasy as we are and you do see running backs generally go quite a bit earlier so seeing guys like kamara you know cam akers jk dobbins off the board in round five maybe in a sharper league they're falling but not here not today I do like to try to abide, even if it's redraft or best ball by the five wide receivers in nine rounds idea. And Chris, when I wrote up my favorite draft picks in each and every round, Jerry Judy took the cake as my favorite round four wide receiver. So why would I not love the guy here in round five? It is a long tier. There's Christian Watson. There's DJ Moore, Mike Williams. I'm not going to, you know, go crazy if you guys would prefer one of those players, but by locking in Jerry Judy here, man, I already have my anchor RB looking at the tight ends. I don't feel compelled to go too far out of my way at this point because i'm confident i can get darren waller a round or two later i do think at this point i'm going to take one more wide receiver early before addressing these other positions so got judy to the squad now working with Diggs, metcalf ridley judy and nick chubb here through five rounds bunch of wide receivers continuing to fly off the board and i'm feeling pretty good about my decision to go ahead and add one more there this is where it gets interesting chris and honestly the more that I think about redraft and the way I want to address my late rounds where it's like I just don't want to even take a wide receiver after the first 50 55 or off the board why take yeah. Van Jefferson or something late and in, in a redraft league because you're never going to feel good about starting the guy Michael Gallup those types of players I know they're going to have their weeks and I'm you know again very different than best ball but for me right now looking at this Diggs Metcalf Ridley and Jerry Judy I'm going to add one more wide receiver in the form of my guy Mike Williams and after this okay. man I could very well be you know not quite done i think i'll get one more wide receiver but i'm just again anticipating adding like potentially five or six running backs in a row once we get to round 10 so i'm going to kind of again play those cards pure anchor rb style here i'm feeling good dj moore tyler lockett james connor kyle pitts off the board right after me you are now on the clock chris at the end of round six what are we thinking
1: all right so let's see uh actually that's kind of funny because on, on my end one second let me refresh right here so let's see trevor lawrence goes So now if we're out, completely out of that quarterback tier that I was talking about, I mean, you're not put Watson in there. Uh see for me like I just can't do it like for for some reason. I'm trying to I'm trying to think past like to, not just like if he has the quarterback skill but also the offense that he's going to be running. I'm hearing like least some decent quotes out there that they're switching more to a spread type of offense for 2023. But with Kevin Stefanski still holding the sticks is it still going to be more run first approach like with Nick Chubb and all of that? So it's just, I I tend more towards considering we've already seen Trevor Lawrence and the Jacksonville Jaguars with Doug Peterson involved. They were 12th. And passover expectation last season, and with some of the concerns that they had, we're trying to use Travis Etienne at the goal line, we saw more scrambles and more Trevor Lawrence taking some of those plunges. Yeah. So that's why I consider Lawrence to be in that like that elite tier, and like more like Deshaun Watson. If I get him, sure, I mean he would still be one of those quarterbacks I would I wouldn't consider uh, being more on the streaming side of things. But if I can lock up one of those first seven guys, that's been more of the way that I've tried to approach it.
0: That's fair. That's fair. All right, Chris, 30
1: seconds. 30 seconds. Like who we got here. All right. So none of the wide receivers or none of the running backs here are at least uh, anybody of note, at least anybody that I'm targeting right now. I'll flip back to wide receiver. See if I can fill out this core a little bit. I mean see.
0: The, Johnson. Johnson. Oh, there you go. Already took yep, him. Deontay. Great minds.
1: <laughs> yep. Like right when I saw him right there, that was the guy I was gonna pick. And honestly, I was thinking Darren Waller was gonna fall to me in oh, this in the seventh round. And I'm not seeing him there. That's really interesting that he's been pushed up. And now team, actually team, still no
0: wide receivers, five still RBs no stole Darren Waller from you.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. he like takes all the running backs <laughs> and Darren Waller from me. This is this is a wild draft that we're going through, but honestly. This might be the type of thing that you see, like once yeah. you get into your into your home leagues, into your home drafts. So let's see, flipping back to the running back position. All right, because tight end is out, at least for right now. There's some guys that I'm seeing there that are okay, but I mean, Dallas Goddard, Pat Frymuth, okay, they're in the middle class of tight ends, uh, but I can see a couple of guys that I would rather take, like maybe a couple rounds later, honestly looking at who I have at running back right now and seeing who's available, I'm really liking the way that David Montgomery's 23 season, his outlook is right now. And between him and Jameer Gibbs, not to say that Montgomery is going to be the one-for-one replacement, or at least have the one-for-one opportunity that Jamal Williams had last year. Nobody's mm-hmm. going to have, what, like 40-some-odd touches inside the, the five-yard line in a season. But if this is going to be another high-powered offense, they don't have a ton of pass catchers there really available behind Amon Ross St. Brown. David Montgomery could get a few more targets this season than he had traditionally in Chicago, but also at the very least, get some of those uh, high value touches once they get into the red zone.
0: Appreciate uh, our guy, Chuck Bass, hanging out with us. Knowing team one with big Dan Campbell energy. Maybe, you know, oh, team yeah. one is just based on Dan Campbell. I would love if a sleeper those is Those are some
1: there. kneecap biters for sure on <laughs> team one.
0: Okay, I am back on the clock here at the end of round seven. Again, I have already drafted five wide receivers, and honestly, just looking at the guys here, while I do think Gabe Davis could be in for a nice bounce back campaign, and you can talk about you know the potential year two booms from guys like George Pickens, Traylon burks Jahan Dotson. Just on this squad that I'm building, I am not feeling it. Looking at tight end, I'm having the exact same you know thoughts as you, Chris. Where Goddard, Ingram, Frymuth, and the Joku, no one I really want to go out of my way for. I might look at them in round eight, but right now, I do think I got to die back into the running back landscape and tons of these flexible benefits I can't shut up about. You know, I say that phrase like just, and, you know, probably when I'm just muttering my sleep, man. So it's just one of these things here, but I'm going to go ahead and lock in James Cook here, who I do think more and more, Chris, Discount version of Jameer Gibbs? Is that fair to say? Like, yes, I fully understand the way Jared Goff plays quarterback is more fantasy friendly for his running backs than Josh Allen. But that's why we're seeing, you know, the massive golf and price difference between them. Cook, honestly, I think probably has a better chance of actually taking over that entire backfield. That's kind of what we've been hearing out of Bill's camp so far. For me, James Cook, explosive. Talented pass catching running back who actually this year is presumably, and I won't even say presumably, is the starter in Buffalo. No longer have to worry about Devin Singletary keeping him off the field in pass first situations. So, hey, I get it. You know, I've talked at length about, you know, the issues that these running backs have with dual threat quarterbacks, and it does deserve to be a piece of the puzzle. But okay, when we can get James Cook priced as pretty much like the RB30, I think that's honestly a bit closer to his floor than his ceiling if he does actually get to take over this entire offense. So, Goddard and Ingram off the board, a couple more wide receivers. Still plenty of good running backs here, but I do start to look, you know, a little bit at tight end, Pat Frymouth, and David Njoku on the board. I really do consider that a pretty steep tier drop after Chris. So I'm going to, I think, lock up this tight end position and go ahead. <clears throat> Frymouth versus Njoku is tough for me. Do you have a lean on this, man? I, I think they're in the same tier. I think I have them ranked right next to each other. Very close for me.
1: I've leaned more towards Friarmouth just because that whole Steelers offense is one that I'm thinking it's got some sneaky fantasy goodness just outside of Deontay Johnson. So I'm actually uh, the piece that I wrote just this past week on uh, late round quarterbacks looking at Kenny Pickett as one of the guys that you'd want to target. So I'm thinking this like if I am looking towards any of the pass catchers attached to an offense like it's been it's been the Steelers. I'm going to go ahead
0: and listen to you here. Hope you're not trying to sabotage me since we are competing <laughs> against each other in this draft, you know, for all, all those uh, zero dollars that we got on the line here with this right. one, Chris. But now with Friermuth and the Joku goes off the board to Team 6, so I would not have had a chance you know, to come back around there. Hey, when I take someone like Pat Friermuth, you know, that and that is really the line, you know, him and the Joku, Evan Ingram's right there as well. If I get one of those tight ends and obviously anyone earlier, guess what? I'm only drafting one tight end. It's redraft. We'll worry about the bye week when it comes time on the wafer wire. When you get one of those top 10 tight ends, you're affording yourself the luxury of not needing to draft another one. Same thing with taking an early round quarterback. So I still do need to address my quarterback at some point here, but happy to get Fryermuth in that tight end spot, you know, fixed up in my roster. Chris, end of round eight. What are you doing?
1: So I was going to take joku actually. So got. <laughs> That's, that's, out of the, that's out of the picture at this point. Uh, Deshaun Watson, like we talked earlier, again, on that cusp of quarterbacks that you would want as a, as a weekly starter. Uh, but now, I mean, I would probably lean towards quarterback running back. And this is one thing that a lot of drafters take into account, looking at the two teams that are drafting in front of me. Uh, so we got Jalen Hurts uh, and also Josh Allen taken ahead of me. I don't have to take a quarterback with this pick. whichever quarterback i would want most likely assuming the ai isn't listening to me talk right now and waiting to snipe me uh here in the next like four picks or so i should be able to get whichever quarterback that i want so i can look at some other positions right now running back is kind of weak looking at who's available here on uh available which running backs are available got gibson charbonnet rashad penny brian robinson we just had a nice conversation about some of those running back situations we want to try and get right or running backs like with that high upside I mean, I have, I do like a shot at getting the the Eagles running back situation. So Rashad Penny uh, sticking out there, that's going to be my guy. Uh, And to your
0: point, which was, again, very well said about just the idea of looking at the other rosters in your league, when you see everyone else has a quarterback, look, you will run into the asshole out there who maybe isn't even trying to be an asshole, Chris, but they just draft a second quarterback for no reason. But, like, right now in this draft, you and me are the only two teams without a QB. Again, can't guarantee these computers are going to completely act like, you know, what humans would in this situation, but when Dwayne and I were doing some of our high-stakes ones last year, man, like, it just comes down to these situations where you have that quarterback and when you just kind of look across the board and you see, in this case, red stickers time after time after time, that is when you can keep pushing it and keep kind of getting risky especially at this part in the draft where we can still land you know legit rb3s that we were excited about drafting so great move there and just great overall i think process behind it
1: yeah and i think now if i do want to pull the trigger on quarterback which i'm kind of thinking looking at the running backs that are available so it's like brian robinson p ryan jamal williams khalil herbert and the wide receivers michael thomas zay flowers juju it's like i already have a pretty solid core right got solid wide receivers up top Running backs are okay, right? At least got some guys that get some solid touches, if not some upside with a guy like Penny. So I will look at the quarterback position and seeing not to, like, there's some good names out there. Geno Smith, Kirk Cousins. I'm going to go with Tua here at this point because from a fantasy standpoint, a guy that can be in the quarterback one conversation on a weekly basis, assuming health, Right is gonna be uh, a two attack with Viloa and I compare him while I've said earlier that I don't typically try and stack offenses like in redraft, but in this case, like where he falls and who I have already just kind of it kind of worked out in that in that uh, in this particular situation.
0: I was really hopeful that I would be able to get one of Brian Robinson or Samaj P. Ryan, two of those prime players in that RB three tier. I love the draft, but team six and team eight had to go ahead and, you know, take that chance away from me, Chris. So not great there. I do have my two running backs already and James Cook and Nick Chubb, like they are going to be my week one starters here. So just more so going to be embracing the waiver wire variance going on, you know, as much as I, oh man, you know what, Chris? I'm going to wait on quarterback. I mean, I can wait one more round. These running backs at this point, shout out Jamal Williams. He's the one guy I'm looking at, but with so much smoke in the Kareem Hunt situation, I understand he's now looking at the Colts as well, but if it's not going to be Kareem Hunt, I do think they're going to add someone else to that equation. And, you know, Jamal Williams, if we can't even get three games of him as the lead back of a two-back committee, uh, you know, it just falls down a little bit more for me. So I think we're about to see a major run of pure handcuff running backs. I'm going to address that more there and take my last pick here, probably in the entire draft at wide receiver looking at the options one is sticking out very clearly to me and if he wasn't here I probably wouldn't even be looking the draft one but Elijah Moore for me Chris just someone that should be out there getting reps as a running back gotta love that storyline but hey actual video evidence with it of course team 10 had to take my guy Anthony Richardson right after that so not (laughs) ideal there was hoping I could click on Anthony Richardson uh, in this next round but you know in this situation I will say uh, the computer actually not the worst pick in the world getting Dak and Anthony Richardson because Dak, someone yeah. that I don't think is actually, you know, secured enough that you can just put him as your QB one every single week and not think twice about it. So we're preferred to get Richardson there, but you know, that's life in the big city sometimes. So at running back, Jamal Williams is off the board as our A-chain and Khalil Herbert, man, our guy, Elijah Mitchell, Chris just cannot stay off that injury list. A couple of weeks ago, maybe I'm looking more at him. Hmm. It's about time to start going pure handcuffs in this draft, though. We have, let's see, five more rounds or four more, five more rounds, excuse me, after this. I'm going to go ahead, suck it up, take my quarterback, someone that you highlighted at length, Chris. You know, I'm talking about Geno Smith here. Chris broke it down in his uh, quarterback column recently where, hey. If I don't get one of those quarterbacks in the first three to five rounds, you know, I kind of set the bar around Justin Herbert. Not that I'm completely out on like Trevor Lawrence or anything. Again, you know, at the right price, that's fine. But generally speaking, Anthony Richardson, Geno Smith daniel jones those are the three like later round guys i'm looking at because i kind of again again include deshaun watson more so in that group than you do and yeah i just think that again their potential upside and what gino and daniel jones did last year like just straight up outperforming a lot of these players with the bigger names that were priced in front of them don't hate you know waiting that long and getting someone like gino in the double digit rounds when just the pickings at the rest of positions aren't even close to being you know anything i'm overly hyped about so back to you here at the end of round 10 chris we did have you know some tight ends like kincaid and Dalton Schultz go off the board team five drafting Dalton Schultz get the hell out of here but what are you gonna be doing over here
1: (laughs) yeah right I know, because then he already has Travis Kelsey up at the top, so that is oh kind of like God. one of those things where, you know, you might not see that. At least I hope you wouldn't see that <laughs> in your home drafts. But I'm still going to wait on the tight end position. I'll start taking some flyers at the wide receiver spot now after having, again, i got a strong core, Chase, Wado, Olave, got solid backup or flex position, uh, like a standout with uh, Deontay Johnson. But I think now with having, like, four good, like, wide receivers already, I can take some swings at the position. And so scrolling down a little bit, I do see, I mean, yeah, the C, Zay Jones, I'm looking like, looking to see if there's some other guys that, and that's another thing about uh, drafting on different, uh, different sites, making sure that there are some other options like farther down in the tiers that might be available to you. But if I can take a swing on a guy like right now, let's there's see. two wide
0: receivers. I see here that if I were taking a wide receiver in your shoes, I would take, I'm curious to see if you're going to make that move, Chris.
1: Uh, so let's see. I see Sky Moore here.
0: Skymore's one, JMO's the other.
1: Jmo Sky was the Moore. other. Yeah, okay. you go. Yeah, Sky Moore Team two was the scoops one. up Jmo right after.
0: That yep, would be the is. spot to take Jmo. You already have four wide receivers. You don't need to start them. Who can be priced as a wide receiver four and with some good usage or just once they're available, instantly you know be in that at minimum upside wide receiver three conversation. Jmo yeah. and Sky Moore. The one yep. thing, man, as great as the Justin Ross highlights are in camp, and you know Richie James doing his thing and all that, we continue to hear it. Sky Moore, Marquez Ballers Scantling, and honestly, Justin Watson have been the three. guys guys mostly working with the starters yep. I'll find his name but I actually asked uh, one of the chiefs beat reporters who like you know was covering this situation uh what he thought about Justin Watson holding on to that uh spot and he said that he just thought it was an early camp you know veteran like kind of had the job last year they're still keeping it now so he's not rolling out the potential for one of them to leap in did add that Kadarius Tony once he is healthy and apparently we are expecting him to be back week one he's going to factor in that equation as well so while I do think Justin Ross is you know a great story and going to make the roster uh, yeah. sky more still the guy i think you should be more so hype with here in this offense
1: yeah, that's where I'm at. And just looking at, like, other folks that evaluate wide receivers, you know, Matt Harmon being one of, the, like, the biggest proponents of Sky Moore, really ascending into the role that we would hope him to be at, at this point in his career, being attached to the Chiefs, Chiefs offense. And like I said earlier, I've got, like, four solid wide receivers in front of him already, so I don't need him to be in my lineup in week one. See how he develops. If he's got the chemistry with Patrick Mahomes, hey, I've re- you know, I've kind of hit the lottery at, at that point. Yeah. All right, so let's see, moving on. I mean, I kind of do want to address the tight end position. I'm seeing a number of other ones that go off the board. Cole Komet, Dulcich. Uh, I'm going to go with Higby here. I do think that while, like, Higby, like, he gets those struggle targets, right? They're not the ones that, they're not, like... Massive targets or like the targets that we really want to see, like from uh, like being able to create after the catch and all that. But if he is going to get the volume that we want on an offense that we think is going to be more pass pass heavy, pass friendly this season, with Stafford being not uh, Stafford being healthy, I mean, he could be the number two, number three target getter behind Cooper Cup.
0: Meanwhile, I am now pounding the sort of handcuffed running backs that Chris and I recently did an entire podcast episode on. So make sure you check out our handcuff breakdown. If you missed that, Jalen Warren and Tank Bixby off the board to your boy in round 11 and round 12. Also, just one thing here. We do have kickers and defenses in this league hey, I know I say a lot of mean things to people that have kickers in their <laughs> league. So I understand you do need to start them. I am not that, you know, stuck in my uh, ways, Chris, to literally not start a kicker in fantasy football leagues that require that. Uh-huh. But I am stuck in my ways enough to not draft a kicker if I'm not forced to, especially guys, are. if you're doing early or in the middle of August drafts, Injuries are going to happen. If you're drafting, you know, after Labor Day and there's no football being played, okay, draft your fucking kicker in the last round. Just don't be, you know, get out of my face about it. All right. But again, Chris, if you're not doing that, I just think, again, there are still guys outside the top 175 picks that really are one injury away from maybe not becoming, you know, a top 24 running back in week one, but at a minimum being guys that would be going in the middle rounds of drafts. Tajay Spears, Gus Edwards, Zamir White, Chuba Hubbard, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, and even your guys. But the Bengals, Travion Williams, all, again, one injury, one potential Joe Mixon suspension, even though I don't think it's very likely uh, for Travion. Just one thing away from, again, them booming up the draft board. So don't draft the DST. Don't draft the kicker if you don't have to. There's going to be more than enough options for you that you can just simply cut these guys if no injury happens before week one and go on your way.
1: Exactly. Yep. I think that's the best way of looking at it. It's now sitting here. I mean, running backs, wide receivers. I just uh, took Donta Foreman. Like, I know I've tended more towards, like, drafting Roshan in best ball drafts, but picking out between the two, I don't think you you can go wrong either way from a late-round perspective. See which one hits, see which one uh, actually works well in the Chicago offense, and then take it from there. Uh, I mean, seeing a couple of these guys that are still available late, looking at the wide receiver position. Zay Jones, Dobbs, Nico Collins... I mean, I'll take a shot on Zay Jones. I mean, he was like the talk of like last season or uh, heading into last year being one of like the standout wide receivers like for the, for the Jaguars. And with Ridley being there, maybe some of the uh, defensive attention is taken off of him. He winds up being able to do his thing like he just did last season. So not a bad pick there
0: went ahead and added Jerome Ford. And I'm about to add Chuba Hubbard to the equation as well. Again, two more guys I have in my tier two of the handcuff RBs. Yes. I already did take Nick Chubb back in round two, but with Ford, we actually do have the potential for him to be someone to have, you know, a different enough role where, you know, we saw with Kareem hunt and Nick Chubb, not saying Ford's going to be Kareem hunt. I don't think that's really going to be his replacement value. I think Nick Chubb's probably just going to take over a lot more pass down work, but just from a pure handcuff perspective, man, Round 13, I am way more fine handcuffing your running back in a 12 team league versus, you know, a 666,000 entry tournament where then you're battling against someone who just has the handcuff, you know, and didn't actually take the now injured starter. So in this case, I am fine taking the handcuff running back this late in the draft. So I've now ripped off Jalen Warren, Tank Bigsby, Jerome Ford, and Chuba Hubbard over the last four rounds. Just need one to go my way, Chris. And, hey, at this point in drafts, like, they are lottery tickets. But how many lottery tickets can you find in round 12 and beyond anyway? So sign me up for that.
1: Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I think that's the best way of looking at it. Uh, So, like, to your point, I mean, if we don't have to draft, like, you know, defenses and kickers as of right now, I'm not going to. I'll just keep taking shots at building out my core. Kenny Gainwell still being available this late. Yes, I realize that, you know. He's going to be the third down option, and and all that might be the pass catching option. Not the worst, what like not the worst running back you want to type uh, try and target uh, with your last couple of picks. And then let's see, one more to go. I mean, i see a few other guys that I might like out here. I'll I'll throw one in on DJ Chark, like once again. I mean, again, a veteran standing out in camp as of right now. I know that uh, Mingo has been like the talk of camp. Like I actually saw a couple of blurbs being written about him earlier today. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, if there's going to be a veteran wide receiver that might pop like out of Carolina, I don't mind like drafting shark.
0: As I, uh, you know, talked about bre- oh, maybe it's a stream or something, but you know, I think I may made, made a quick short about it actually, but guys, the two best defenses you can draft are the 49ers and the Eagles, but we're going to regularly see them going either as the first two defenses or even in certain leagues, you know, crazy people that are not waiting until the last two rounds to take their defenses. They're going first. They're both awesome defenses. I know the Eagles have more turnover, and then also just their schedules like four straight layups to start the season. If you don't get the Eagles or the 49ers, I'm telling you, draft the New Orleans Saints. Their schedule for the first six weeks of the year is borderline erotic, and even then, man, they got the Jaguars at home in the Superdome, and then two more matchups against uh, Justin Fields and Anthony Richardson, who might be awesome, but those sort of scrambling quarterbacks, fumbles, sacks, things of that nature, you can legit get until you know week 10 before you have to take another defense if you can get the Saints so you know I know uh the Patriots are going off the board right here Chris the Patriots start the season with the Eagles the Dolphins the Jets and the Cowboys That's fuck tough. no I don't yeah. want to do that. That sounds horrendous. So, again, just a little bit of research with these defenses. I am a much bigger fan of streaming them than trying to, you know, battle these brutal early season schedules with the unit we perceive to be good. I do like the Kenneth Gamewell pick there. He was in my queue. I'm just going to take Gus Edwards here because with this JK Dobbins situation not going yeah, great, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do think Gus could be a pretty big beneficiary of things swing his way. So, recapping my squad again. Went with more of an anchor RB approach. Nick Chubb was my only running back I took inside the first six rounds. Just loaded up on wide receivers. Stefan Diggs, DK Metcalf, Calvin Ridley, Jerry Judy, Mike Williams. Like that, you know, high school kid meme that went viral last year. Just dog, 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 dog. <laughs> yeah. Added one more, you know, a little bit later in Elijah Morrow. And I saw him, you know, going past guys like Juju and Michael Thomas. So just thought that was a good value. And then, you know, got got a James Cook in there, you know, trying to be smart about, you know, the anchor RB strategy, but not, crazy and then just at the end the draft took five straight running backs in Jalen Moore and Tank Bigsby, Jerome Ford, Chuba Hubbard, and Gus Edwards, Geno Smith, and Pat Friermuth as my QB and tight end, respectively. Looking back, I probably didn't even see Deshaun Watson was still on the board when I was taking Friermuth, so ideally, I think I would have taken Watson there and then just kind of played the late-round tight end game. Might have taken a page out of your book, Chris, and looked for someone like Tyler Higbee or my boy, Gerald Everett. Uh, Gerald Everett, excuse me. But yeah, man, more and more, again, just... Looking at the wide receivers, and I think you picked a couple of the better ones at this stage in the draft. I don't think Sky Moore is generally going to be available that late, but he was now, so good job by you. But, you know, Zay Jones, DJ Turk, I'm not saying some of these guys can't work out, but again, Chris, it's more so just My willingness to attack these handcuffed running backs late is kind of causing me just to want to load up more and more on these, you know, getting five wide receivers, sometimes inside the first six, seven rounds. So overall feeling pretty good about this spot. And I think uh, it is a very viable strategy when you have to pick towards the end of round one, because, you know, at that point, you're not really having your chance to get your McCaffrey, your Eckler, your uh, B. John Robinson types.
1: Right, but when you do that, you get that anchor RB, and there's not a better anchor RB to do that than Nick Chubb. I mean, he's been one of the best runners in the league for over the past, like, four to five seasons from an efficiency standpoint, explosive standpoint. So, no, I think you executed the strategy almost perfectly here. And if you are winding up capable, or if you're capable of winding up with the uh, the running back lottery tickets that you did afterwards, you're almost securing yourself that upside while still having at least the solid core around you, whether it's from Nick Chubb at the running back spot, the wide receivers that you drafted, and also tacking on a solid quarterback, my guy Geno Smith, like, yeah, you know, in the process. So I think, no, I mean, solid execution of the strategy for sure.
0: Chris, you started with Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle, and Chris Olave. Again, getting that strong core here. Took Alexander Madison, Damian Pierce, Deontay Johnson. After that, loop back around building a strong running back room with David Montgomery and Rashad Penny before we got to, again, some of those aforementioned later round picks. So I just think, you know, again, if the board, it's just, again, be like water, man. As much as I, you know, can talk shit about, you know, guys like Miles Sanders and kind of these mid-round running backs sometimes, like if you're in a draft and you don't find yourself having the opportunity to get, a nick chubb or a tony pollard in round two i'm gonna do what you did and just take these wide receivers because there are options you know in those middle rounds that no i don't think are up there were pollard or nick chubb in my ideal draft i can get one of those guys but guess what chris not every single draft is going to be ideal and i think where you can run into trouble is when you start trying to force things going i need this run i need a running back in the first three yeah. rounds You don't. You can, again, adjust. Don't be afraid. Just take really freaking good players and don't, you know, reach on anything too crazy in the first rounds of your draft
1: right and I think it's understanding also like the arbitrage situations that exist within Mm -hmm. fantasy football do you have to have I mean Josh Jacobs do you have to have Tony Pollard well I mean it'd be great to have those guys absolutely (laughs) but can you find guys that can get 80 percent of their production or 80 percent of their like projected touches a couple of rounds later so instead of getting let's say a Tony Pollard could you like take Alexander Madison a couple of rounds later all right still on a decent team that throws a lot being able to work you know be able to get into the red zone like fairly often. I mean, those are the types of situations you'll have to, the games you'll have to play uh, as you're working through the draft because if you can wind up filling out your roster, like the decisions I made early, Chase, Waddle, Olave, I mean, hell of a good wide receiver crew, But at the same time, it's understanding the fact that now my running backs are going to be at least on the weaker end. So Mm -hmm. now I just need to secure guys that can get both touches in the on the running game and also in the passing game afterwards, too. And really to order to leverage the half point PPR scoring setting. So it's just really just understanding the balance between those two
0: all right guys we're gonna try to again squeeze in two more drafts here in the short time about 10 to 15 minutes so chris when we get through this one let's just go ahead and make our picks you know as quick as possible with the 106 107 and then we'll kind of just talk through general strategy as we're still drafting and things like that yeah, so yeah. again this draft we are going from the middle and as i have said before man anytime i can get one of those top four wide receivers happy to do so i got tyreek here he, hill there at the 106 you got travis kelsey at the 107 is that where you kind of have him overall rank Chris like 107.
1: Yeah if I can get him like six seven like somewhere in there especially in like in this format like that's that's not a problem for me at all.
0: Back to you in round two. Oh, you took Matthew Berry's ride or die, Amon Ross St. <laughs> Brown himself. I was gonna do that. As I referenced last time, Tony Pollard, Nick Chubb, guys that I do consider to be, you know, at the end of that running back tier. I had the chance to draft Tony Pollard, so I will do so. Now I'm gonna hope hope that one of these wide receivers continues to fall to me. And there is Devontae Smith. Hanging out. So Tyreek, Pollard, and Devontae Smith. Nice little start from the 106 hole. Chris, you went ahead and grabbed Ramondre Stevenson at the middle of round three. That's where I want Ramondre. That is perfectly yeah. fine. Just not so much in on it in round two.
1: Yeah, I think that's where I'd struggle with having with forcing him into like that two, three turn portion of it. But if he falls into the middle portion of the round, again, it's still going to get most of the touches like from a rushing standpoint, especially once they get into the red zone, also working in the passing game. I know there's still some Dalvin Cook smoke there, but hey, for what we know right now, Stevenson in the middle of the third. Yeah, I'll take it.
0: Yeah. And then you have to take Calvin Ridley and snipe my ass. So thank you for that. <laughs> I just wanted to add a really good wide receiver there. And I got one in the form of Debo Samuel. So sometimes man, sometimes, but I'm going to do again, what I did last time as well, taking Jerry Judy in round five looks like once again, we are going to be embracing this, uh, you know, anchor RB draft strategy. So I already have four wide receivers inside of the first five rounds. Chris, you went ahead and added of your third in the form of Christian Watson. It's a long tier with these wide receiver threes, man. But like, it's not a negative. I just want multiple darts at it, and that's what you're able to do when you know you're willing when you're willing in rounds four through six.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's you can swap out. Like, honestly, I'm looking at the guys that went behind uh, Christian Watson, it's like Chris Godwin, uh, not as high on, but like Michael Pittman, Ayuk. Yeah, you could swap Christian Watson out for any one of those like three. I would probably prefer Ayuk out of that trio, but it's just like understanding where you're at in the draft and say like, okay, well, can I have taken one of the the running backs there? Sure. But again, I really want to try and fill out my wide receivers for really start to find some of the like the wide receivers that are basically available now, like Jordan Addison, Traylon Burks, Jahan Dotson. I mean, that's that's a tough sell for your wide receiver three at this point.
0: I snagged Mike Williams again, just trying to make that strength of superpower when I wasn't in love with any of the RBs would have been very willing to get Darren Waller, you know, in the middle of round seven, he ended up going at pick 703. So what I talk about messing up in my last draft, waiting just a little bit too long on QB, happy to get Deshaun Watson here in round seven, dude, so many options in round seven that I really do like Darren Waller and Deshaun Watson few weeks ago was you know a lot easier to get them in round seven and back to back in round eight what a time to be alive not anymore there chris you once again got your boy david montgomery your second rb there in round seven i will say like this is about the spot round seven usually round eight because again i do really like watson and waller here that's about the time where if i am going anchor rb or god forbid we're getting really crazy with a zero rb if you don't have a running back and you don't have, I would say, more times than not your RB2 by the end of round eight, maybe that's when you're pushing it just a little too much.
1: Yeah, it's, it's a bit because just look at the guys that are available here now. Like we're sitting here in the eighth. It's, it's Gibson. It's Charbonnet. It's Penny. It's it's B-Rob. So it's like a lot of those guys like I can talk myself into that uh, that RB2 or like even that the contingent upside. Mm-hmm. But it's just. From a managed standpoint, I'm not going to feel confident having those guys in in my RB two in week no. one. Like that's that's a tough sell for me. So I would really want to have at least two solid guys before we get to this point in the draft
0: and honestly like you're right I'm not feeling good about now locking in Zach Charbonnet as my RB2 out here (laughs) I'm actually going to do Brian Robinson even though I have Charbonnet ranked a little higher because I'm more confident in uh, Robinson's standalone value obviously Charbonnet goes right next so again just trying to critique myself here as much as I don't love that RB range kind of in the round you know five round six range it might be a good lesson for me that you know in redraft especially man we're going to see these running backs going earlier maybe didn't need to add that fifth wide receiver before we got our RB2, but luckily was able to at least get two guys out of this range I like. I'm going to take a page out of your book from last draft and add Rashad Penny there. So one of them works out, man. Now I got Brian Robinson, Rashad Penny, Tony Pollard. I'm just, you know, trying to hoard all these NFC East uh, running backs out out here. Don't hate it. Don't hate it.
1: No, no hate. No hate. It's, it's all love. So, I'll just, actually, I'll go ahead and take P. Ryan like afterwards because, again, looking at my previous decision, starting off with Kelsey early and getting three wide receivers, running back is going to be a weak point for myself. So, while I did get uh, Ramondre Stevenson, having to maybe switch off or play some games at RB2 on a weekly basis, whether it's Montgomery, whether it's P. Ryan, I mean, a Gibson, again, that might be a hard sell, putting him as my RB2. But if I can have at least those three to play with on a week-to-week basis, it's not a bad stable to have, at least at the, at the RB2 position. Uh, but now I'm looking at wide receiver. At the now, these RBs are man?
0: gross here, man. It's yeah, one of these things really gross where, gross, unfortunately, bro. man, a few weeks ago, Damien Harris or Elijah Mitchell here I think makes sense, but both these guys are injured right now. And in Damien Harris's case, man, I remember we talked about this in the Bills preview like pod I did with Dwayne a while ago his money is way too close to Latavius Murray's like for me to really be all that confident that he's going to be the one having that big time role. Like who's the better player? Yeah, I'll give it to Damian Harris, but there's a reason why we continue to see, uh, you know, Latavius jumping around from one uh, depth chart to another. So at this point in time, I really don't consider Harris and Mitchell that big of guys, you know, that I want ahead of, you know, the Devin Singletary, Tank Bigsby, Jalen Warren sort of tier. So now yeah. I got Rashad Bateman, someone who is, you know, back to running. I know he's coming off the puck list in his own right but hey if it works out and we do see him rise to the top and be this ravens wide receiver one now we're talking about a guy that actually does have the potential to leap in and be you know the sort of option that is vying with mike williams and jerry judy potentially for one of my starting spots so this ravens wide receiver room chris whether it's going to be flowers obj or bateman it kind of reminds me of these dolphins and bears backfields where the only reason all these guys are priced as low as they are is because of the muddled situations involved
1: Exactly. And I think that's where that's one of the situations. that I know a lot of best ball drafters are they want to get right. They're trying to follow as many like beat writers and all that in order to make sure they have as much intel on the situation as possible with the Ravens Ravens wide receivers. I what they what nicknames they flowers, a flowers the joystick yeah. maybe, human joystick. Shout out to uh, Dante Hall. No. Yeah, exactly, and I mean, and so we haven't really seen. Like, I think Bateman just was out on the field earlier today for the first time at practice, but still not out there practicing. But it, like, hopefully, he gets integrated into the this new offense with Todd Munkin running it as soon as possible. But either way, I think it's important for us to like try and at least take shots on those, like whatever, whatever, uh, like data. Uh, Intel, whatever you've got on the situation, like, but make as many like shots on those particular backfields or whether it's wide receiver situations as possible because we know they're going to be fruitful for fantasy purposes. So whether it's like the Jacksonville backfield, hey, I mean, I'll, I'll take a shot on that all day, whether or not it's going to be ETN or Bigsby once they get into the red zone. I think just like taking a stance on it is the way to approach it versus saying, well, I don't know. I'm not going to make any decision at all.
0: I once again double-tap Tank Bigsby and Jalen Warren. Again, mentioned Devin Singletary before. So while I did only have one running back through the first seven rounds, I've added Brian Robinson, Rashad Penny, Devin Singletary, Tank Bigsby, and Jalen Warren after. I think in Robinson and Penny's case, they could just honestly be the preferred options from those backfields. Singletary, Bigsby, Warren, all one injury away from really leaping into, I think, the top 20, maybe even higher in, you know, Bigsby and Warren's case. So, again, ideal handcuffs there. I still do not have a tight end in a normal draft room. I don't think we would see teams taking them away from me this much, but that's life in the big city, Chris. I'm going to end up having freaking, you know, let's go Jake Ferguson as uh, my tight end (laughs) one if, uh, you know, something like that's going on. So, hey, at this point, like you're playing the waiver wire anyway. I would be very surprised if you do see, again, a draft like this where we see, you know, Greg Dolchitz and Sam Laporta, Cole Komet, Michael Mayer going off the board, you know, to the same teams like that. So on a normal time, I would think that I could, you know, wait until the last two rounds and get someone like Gerald Everett or Sam Laporta and feel a little bit better than, you know, someone like Jake Ferguson. But that's okay, man. So I'm going to take Ferguson there as my tight end. And. Just because I don't feel good about him man, I don't even feel the need to take a second one. like who, who, who else is here that's not going to be just on the waiver wire anyway. So especially right. at this point in time, like I'm probably just, I'm going to have to cut guys anyway to get my kicker and DST anyway, go ahead and once again give my guy Jerome Ford as yet another uh, running back handcuff. So my squad out of the 106. Tyreek Hill, Devontae Smith, Debo, Judy, Mike Williams, forming up the wide receivers five in the first six rounds, got Pollard as my anchor, B-Rob, Penny, Singletary, Bigsby, Warren, and Ford as my hopeful RBs, Deshaun Watson, and Jake Ferguson as my QB and tight end. So this ended up being more of, you know, the true late round tight end strategy. And I would have preferred to get Darren Waller to fall to me just a little bit, you know, earlier in one of these situations. But hey, it does make you look at this and say, you know, maybe I didn't need that Again, fifth wide receiver in Mike Williams and back to back drafts, not to hate on Mike Williams specifically, but I think I maybe just got a little bit overzealous again <laughs> with the five wide receivers there, even at the tight end. And, you know, the quarterback doesn't exactly fit as well as I wanted to four wide receivers in the first five rounds it is quite a bit, Chris. So maybe I need to take a little bit of a chill pill there. You got Travis Kelsey out of the 107, Sun God, Ridley, and Watson in three of the next four rounds. but Ramondre Stevenson in round three. Love that. Your late round running backs really came together nice. Again, being able to get David Montgomery in round seven, really looking like you know a nice move in drafts this year. I mean, coming 40 plus picks after Jameer Gibbs doesn't add up to me. Gibson, Piron, Kendra Miller, Chuba at the end. Love that Chuba pick. And you know, when you only had three wide receivers through the first, you know, nine rounds, you had to get a little bit different there. End up taking Tyler Boyd, Jonathan Mingo, Michael Gallup, and Nico Collins. How are you feeling about this squad?
1: So this one's okay, at least from, a, like, am I going to be confident starting this group in week one? Yep. Starters are all fairly solid. I mean, Kelsey Lawrence and then the wide receivers. And then, yeah, and then the running backs. If I start off with, uh, with Ramondre and David Montgomery in week one, all solid. No problems there. But it's just now thinking about the managed aspect to this redraft league. Now that that's when things start to get tricky, right? Especially once we get into bye weeks, uh, managing any injuries or whatever happens afterwards. That's where things might get a bit more tricky. Uh, Just understanding like on a week to week basis, who out of that group am I going to want to start? But otherwise, not a bad core.
0: All right, Chris, let's see how fast we can get through a, you know. Pick one, pick 12 draft in under about three minutes here. So I'm at the one. Yeah, we're double tapping. This is going to be a lot faster. I've taken Justin Jefferson at the one. If you want to go ahead and get crazy and take Jamar Chase, I'm not going to scream at you. But for me, give the guy with more more receiving yards in his first three seasons in NFL history than anyone else. Tony Pollard keeps falling to me. I absolutely love that. Also, at this point, Chris Alave, Higgins, Smith, very even. I'll take Alave because I am a true Ohio State homer in every sense of the word. Chris, you got Sunga and Nick Chubb at the 112 turn. That's about as good as you can ask for right there.
1: Uh, AJ Brown. uh, Oh, my bad. Still. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But still, I mean, like I'm almost like I'm thinking about employing the same strategy that you did. I mean, once you got that anchor RB, why should I really have to worry about like the running back position for some time? Unless something like, you know, really falls to me. haven't really seen it yet. So I'll just continue to fill out my wide receivers right there. I mean, boom and boom. Keen Allen, Calvin Ridley. I mean, that that is a sick wide receiver group, if I do say so myself. But we'll see what happens at the running back position. Just have to be conscious of the decisions that you're making as you – like especially playing at the end since you have, what, 20-some-odd picks that you have to wait on? (laughs) Yeah.
0: Now at the four or five turn, not looking at tight end just yet. Still got some baller uh, wide receivers sitting here. You know, let's go all in on my buckeyes, oh H, after all. Terry McLaurin and Justin Fields. We're getting, there you know, you just an all buckeye squad right here. But hey, with Fields here in round five, man, going after Joe Burrow, which you know, I don't think is egregious, but I would you know go ahead and take fields ahead of him, especially with I mean, you know, earmuffs, Chris. Sorry, but this captain could be a problem, like it's not ideal. He is actively hurt right now and yeah. just. To again take a stand on a passer that needs to be one of the most efficient in the nfl to you know overtake just some of these more fancy friendly dual threat guys you know top four round pick for burrow to me is a lot riskier than go ahead with fields there so now let's see if i can learn my lesson as good as some of these wide receivers are probably need a little bit more help at running backs. so i do think cam akers profiles as you know an arbitrage version of someone like Najee harris probable bad running back and a probable bad offense but a sweet 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 uh rushing workloads now that i got my second rb2 i'm feeling okay enough to go back to wide receiver i think between jsn and lockett it's a top up toss up but what's the tiebreaker in this one chris get my buckeyes so we're adding jsn to the squad you have trevor lawrence and god darren waller there good job by you locking down that stud tight end
1: and see that's one i i like when you draft at the ends, you almost have to toss ADP out of the window because you know that those guys are just, they're not going to come back to you. So that try and tilt tilt that table back towards you if you can, because it's like, you know, like Waller, Mostly, I think in the past two drafts he's gone where like close to where you're drafting at, like right now, yep. if anything. So if there's a guy that you know that you're going to want, that you know not going to come back to you, especially at a onesie position, like tight end, I'll just go ahead and draft him a little bit early and secure that position. All right. So let's keep things moving right here. I love that James cook pick that you did from our very first draft. And then let's continue to, I mean, I will uh, actually um, like wind up, actually continue to hammer the wide receiver position too.
0: You're basically doing the same thing I did where you got that chubb anchor. You, you know the dress quarterback and uh, tight end a little bit earlier as we talked about. But yeah, guys, James Cook, like ideal anchor, zero RB target in yeah. the year 2023. Evan Ingram, Pat Frymouth on the board. I'm going to go ahead and lock down Frymouth again just because of how, again, a weak tight end tends to be after that. Looking at some of the running backs, Rashad Penny, Brian Robinson, the wide receivers, you know, Quentin Johnston, Zay Flowers, Elijah Moore. I'm not feeling quite good enough about them. I already have my four again. I think uh, especially especially Chris if we're in a league where you only need to start two wide receivers then I think I'm really getting too crazy with my five going on early. So I'll go ahead and let's try to not exactly be completely behind the eight ball on running backs for once I'll go ahead and take my guy Brian Robinson again working on an article for uh, next week where I actually I'm going to do you know some full calls and historically Chris last 10 years 1.9 backfields per season have produced multiple top 24 running backs and PPR
1: points per game in the same year how about the lions and the commanders this year I don't know I don't know could be I mean if you think about the fact especially with the lions I mean the all we've been hearing about is Sam Laporta doing well Amon Ra being Amon Ra but like in terms of pass catchers I mean if this is going to be a high-powered offense who's going to be really catching passes out of this offense with Jamison Williams suspended for six games so no I like that call
0: Absolutely. I took a page out of your book earlier, got Sky Moore. I think when you're at this point in the draft for some of the wide receivers, it's really tough to find anyone you're feeling that much better about. And honestly, from right here, I'm just going to be spamming running backs once again. So, just again, looking at this start, I don't think we need to all watch me, you know, draft Jalen Warren and Tank Bigsby once again. So, again, <laughs> out of the 101 guys, just ideally, and this was my favorite spot to draft out of for a large portion of the offseason when I could get Jefferson. And then at the round two, three turn, be able to get a tony pollard or a josh jacobs feeling good about every now and then even a saquon barkley and there's also going to be dope wide receivers like chris alave there for you as well so i went jefferson pollard alave got another great wide receiver in terry McLaurin. but you know if it was judy or hopkins i'm not you know caring about the difference in those guys one long tier for me got my dope quarterback in justin fields a dress running back a little bit earlier with cam Akers. JSN, Fryermouth, B-Rob, Skymore, Singletary going on and on down the board. So my big lesson here, Chris, is I need to chill a little bit on these wide receivers. I think four inside of the first five, six rounds. Again, especially relative to some of these running back mid-round values you can get. I've, I've liked my rosters a lot more when I've gotten that second running back a little bit earlier. But hey, you know, you're also out here, you know, doing the James Cook strategy and your squad isn't looking bad at all. It just comes down to, you know, can you get that Samaje Ryan? third running back. Cause if you had to have your third running back, be more of one of the true handcuffs be a lot rougher, but you didn't have to.
1: Exactly. And I think that's where, I mean, like understanding the situations that are involved because having the anchor RB, Nick Chubb, cool, no problem. But then afterwards, the managed portion of it where it's like, okay, do I am I comfortable starting James Cook week one or do I want to figure out like how that Bill's offense is going to look with him being the lead back and what his touch share is going to be with Damian Harris. So maybe why not try Samadhi P. Ryan as like Javante comes back from injury, right? Kendra with Alvin Kamara having like the three-game suspension. So I've got options to play off of with obviously having Nick Chubb as my RB1. So really I think it does come down to doing a bit of homework if you are going to employ this strategy having not just a bunch of running backs but the right types of running backs that can help your squad out early in the season and taking a couple of swings on some guys that might help you late in the season. That's why I grabbed Devon HA.
0: Final question, we've now seen us draft from the 101, the 112, the 106, the 107, the 103, the 109. What is your preferred draft position in a normal 12 team, you know, half PPR league in 2023, Chris?
1: my preferred spot, probably closer to the middle. If I could do like somewhere like six seven eight somewhere in there, I think that's probably where I'd prefer to draft. I could still have a shot at getting one of the the good wide receivers, not the elite guys, but at, at like if I can draft from like the Steph Diggs tier of things and then also have a shot at getting one of the like higher end running backs. So I might not get Nick Chubb, but if like Saquon's still going to be there or you know Derrick Henry potentially like one of those guys that I can start off a, a like have a balanced start to my draft if I wanted to. At least that gives me the flexibility to do that without having to reach versus that if you draft from either of the polls, I mean, you're not going to get like the yeah. high end wide receiver. You're going to get at the high end uh, wide receiver if you're drafting an early spot, but then you're really not going to get one of those like running backs that you really want to try and draft. I
0: think from the one 10... oh I would say 104 to about 106, 107. I think that might be a sweet spot because you're giving yourself the opportunity to get Cooper Cup or Tyreek Hill. And if you have to go down to Diggs or Travis Kelsey, it's not the end of the world. And then more importantly, man, in round two, to your point, that is still giving you the chance to get the Pollard, the Chubb, the Saquon type potentially before we really see things start to get a little bit rougher there. So I'm with you. I do think that middle spot, it's not guaranteed that's going to work out again. You know, to your point, like Stefan Diggs, probably more likely your wide receiver from the 107 to 108 versus Tyreek or cup but I do think that you know you're definitely not going to be able to get it from one of the polls having that you know 104 to 107 area makes a lot of sense to me so great stuff brother Great stuff right. from everyone, right. including you listeners out there. We got some good mental reps in out there, I'm sure. And yeah, want to thank everyone again for tuning into this edition of the Fantasy Life Podcast. going to be back with more and more streams throughout August. It's draft season after all. But yeah, otherwise, everyone, want to wish you a very, very great weekend. Chris and I are going to be hanging out, boozing, playing some cards in Canton, Ohio this weekend, Fantasy Football Expo. Maybe we'll drag Dez Bryant up there, you know, and just see who can throw off the X the best or something. Des at the X expo chris what a freaking time wow. to be alive who's, who's who's a nerd that lives in their uh you know basements now i mean come on look we've made it man hanging out with des bryant uh right? on the weekend so great day to be great as always and yeah for chris i'm ian thanks again for tuning in the fantasy life podcast And until next time take care everybody